I am Elle Penelope, author of Epic Fantasy and Paranormal Romance, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Sunday, April 24th, 2022, and this is episode 167 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So there was no episode last week because the uh, Penelope household came down with COVID. Uh, My husband was sick for a couple of days and finally took a test. I took a test. I was negative. But then about two hours afterwards, I was like, I feel bad. (laughs) And a couple of days later, I had a very faint line on a test that I could barely see, but I could feel that I was ill. You know, I was actually sick for a couple of days. It was, my symptoms were milder than my husband's, but my recovery has taken a much longer time. Um, I'm still having vertigo, which I've never had before, and it's the weirdest feeling. So it's a very slight feeling of everything spinning, like whether my, whether my eyes are open or closed, everything feels like it's spinning. And uh, it affects my ability to be on the computer for too long. So I have about an hour, hour and a half at a time in me on the computer for this past week. It is ever so slightly getting better, but um, obviously that affects my ability to work. And also I'm still having a lot of like exhaustion and you can probably hear, I'm not really stuffed up, but I'm kind of, I sound stuffy. I guess I'm kind of nasally. So anyway, I'm on the mend, but I've felt better in my life. (laughs) I do feel better than I did a few days ago. And like every day is a little bit better. But um, yeah, the vertigo is really makes life a little difficult. Although, you know, it's sort of forcing me to rest. And I was feeling burnt out on work stuff anyway for the past weeks, months. Uh, so like a forced rest is, you know, your body's going to make you rest. And maybe that's what it is. Um, so yeah, I will have to probably... You know, work was pretty quiet last week, but if it continues into this week, I'm, I've informed a couple of clients that I just can't be at the computer for too long. So I will do things I can in bursts and, um, you know, try to take care of myself. I have been listening to a lot of audiobooks because, um, I can read for longer than I can be on the computer, but it's not comfortable to read with my eyes. So, um, Audiobooks have been great. And yeah, just kind of trying to rest and regroup. So this week's best thing is being on the mend. Um, you know, slowly but surely feeling better. Writing update. I have not gotten much writing done. I wasn't able to focus and concentrate on anything for several days. But uh, this past week, I have been, you know, getting up, doing about an hour, hour and a half, depending on how I feel. And I actually made a breakthrough in um, my Black Town story. So, you know, I've had an outline that my that I sent to the editor and got feedback on and have been since then due to, you know, a bunch of different reasons. But one of the reasons I haven't been able to actually start writing is I haven't felt like I was ready. And so I just kept doing research. I kept refining things. I'm not, I wasn't really settled on the things I had in my outline. I just didn't feel good enough about them. You know, I didn't actually did an event last week. I did two events. Um, and I was feeling good enough to do them for the hour that they were, but I was helping Rebecca Roanhorse celebrate her new release, uh, Fevered Star, which is the second book in her series. Uh, Black Sun was the first one. 
And if you have not read Black Sun, it is actually really fantastic. Uh, you know, a second world fantasy based on pre-Columbian South America. So sort of um, Mayans, Aztecs, Native American cultures. And we talked a lot about that. It's just, you know, something you probably have not seen before. And she's always a fabulous writer. We share an agent and I've known Rebecca for a long time. So I was really happy to have the event with her. And one of the questions was about, I'm actually not sure what the question was. <laughs> um, it might have been plotting or research or something like that. But I remember saying that I usually, when I start the book, I start it when I know the first line, when I know how my way in, my first chapter. And 75% of the time, that doesn't change. The majority of the books I've written, I had the first line, I had the idea of the first chapter, and that was it. That was how the book started. And that was how I got into writing it. There are a couple of notable exceptions. Um, Savage City is actually an exception. I had the same opening for a really long time. And if you were doing the pre-order, you got the original prologue, which actually didn't move because this book has been through so many changes. Um, but yeah, most of the other ones, Song of Blood and Stone is another slight difference. I started, it was still in what's the current chapter, it might be current chapter two, I don't actually remember what chapter it is, but the first scene with Jasminda um, at her cabin, which actually might be chapter three or four. I, I ended up adding that trip at the beginning um, that opens the book now, the trip to town, due to feedback from from a workshop. But for a long time, my way in was seeing Jasminda on the porch with a shotgun, seeing these strangers come towards her isolated home. Like, that was the first thing. And uh, that's how I wrote the book. So even if it, even if it changes slightly in editing and revision, Getting the opening, the opening energy, the opening scene is my way into being able to write the entire book. And I haven't had that with the Black Towns book. Uh, but this week, through not writing, I think, you know, the time I was away from the computer is when I got an idea and I just started writing notes in my phone app. Um, and that led me to do some more research and actually wrote about 130 words as a test of voice. I haven't found the voice yet, uh, but I feel like I have made a breakthrough and I'm super grateful for that. And uh, yeah, I feel like this is the th part of the thing that I've been waiting for. Like I've got my in, I understand the approach to one of the timelines. I, I understand like, I remember when I was at um, the Vona workshop, the first one I took with Juno Diaz, the thing that I took away from from that week of studying under this man, who I still believe is a genius, he's a literary genius, was at, he was asking me, specifically because I was writing this YA story and it was in the first person, he asked me who is telling the story and who are they telling it to? And I had this, you know, plucky YA heroine who was, you know, doing the first person narration. And he was like, who is she talking to? <laughs> like, why is she telling these details? Who is she telling the story to? And that is such a thing that I, I never thought of. I don't see it talked about a lot in craft books, but it's something that I come back to and not just with first person narrations. Um, but it's, you know, that it's very, noticeable there if you don't have a way to ground what this character is saying 
and the details because it's they're in their head. Anything that they think, a lot of things, these things that they're telling the reader, they already know. So who are they talking to? And I needed a narrator. Um, I needed a narrative device. I needed a narrative perspective, not just is it first person, is it third person POV, but what is the character of the entity telling the story? Are they a character or are they just a narrator? Are they some sort of godlike creature? Um, if we're in a third person, who are they talking to? All of those things. And I didn't have that. And not having that was, when I don't have that, I, I really can't start writing. I mean, it is really important. So I feel like I'm many steps closer to having that. And um, not super close to actually writing, writing, although I've been thinking of just doing some pre-writing, um, doing some more experiments to try to find that voice. Sometimes it comes really quickly and I have in my head what I'm trying to do. Shelby's running around in the hallway, if you can hear that. And sometimes it takes a little while to feel it, you know? Once I feel it, I'll be able to write it. So we're making progress towards that point. I've been using this website called whimsical.com. I'll link to it in the show notes for, it does several things. It does very customizable digital Kanban boards. Um, it also does mind mapping and virtual sticky notes. So I've been using the virtual sticky notes function in place of index cards. So for what I usually use index cards are Whenever I think of a possible scene idea, I write it on an index card. But I don't really have a place to spread them out uh, like I like to. I, I had this sort of six-foot folding table in my office for a while that I was using for index cards. But I'm sort of a naturally junky, pack ratty person, so it would just accumulate other things that I didn't want. I wanted to have this clear space to put index cards on, and it was just full of books and notebooks and pens and trash and tea and things. So I took it away to try to just have a cleaner, uh, more organized office. And that just kind of left me with a bunch of index cards, but I would like to be able to spread them out. So I'm using the digital sticky notes and just doing it full screen um, and laying them out. And just anytime I have an idea for a scene that pops in my head, write it down on the sticky note and then try to organize them and try to order and plot and do like a plot board for the things I know I want. And then these new things that I'm having and that is working so far. So the free plan offers a lot of, um, I think they, they do it by how many elements you have. And I don't think I'm anywhere close to having to pay anytime soon. So if you want to check out whimsical.com, I think it's a kind of a cool tool for that. The only bad thing is you cannot export. So I think there was something else I was using that actually lets you export the index cards into like an outline form or the sticky notes or whatever into some kind of text. You can't do that. So it's more like you've actually written index cards and whatever's on there, you're going to have to retype into an outline or whatever, which isn't the greatest, but it is not really different than the other process. I started watching the TV show Killjoys, um, which was on the sci-fi channel, because my very good friend recommended it to me. It is, I think it started in 2015, I'm on season one, and I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm also watching Deep Space Nine, the last season, because according to my husband, it's one of the best final seasons of any television show. 
he has a thing for Deep Space Nine. He'll watch all of it, or not really all of it, but like he'll just be watching it. Kind of every year, he'll get into a, a Deep Space Nine period where it's just always on. Um, other periods my husband gets into a different world. The opening notes, you know, that opening, what is that, a saxophone of the different world theme song. I think I have like a Pavlovian response to it because he'll be in it where he's watching five and six episodes a day and all I hear is the opening notes of that theme song. And I'm like, I can't. I love a different world. It's a great show. But sometimes that theme song makes me ill. (laughs) Anyway, I am enjoying Killjoy's. It's a science fiction show about these bounty hunters. Um, they go between these different moons in this system. And, you know, it's not as serious and harsh as like The Expanse, but it's not like Deep Space Nine either. It's a good happy medium where it's a little bit silly, uh, but they're doing a good job. You know, I, I enjoy it. And I like the way that, you know, uh, episode by episode, the world building unfolds slowly. So they'll mention something in one episode and then two episodes later, they they expand on it. I'm at the end of the first season and I've just been noticing how everything's been building and you're, you're learning a little bit more very naturally and organically about the world, not just from what you're seeing, but from what people are saying. And then little things become big plot points later. And I appreciate that. And they've done some really kind of devastating character stuff, but not... It's not like a show that's going to bring you down emotionally. You're like, whoa, okay. I think it's fun. And I think that's it for me for this week. Um, I don't know if I have any any goals for next week. I have a couple of concrete, uh, like discrete tasks I have to accomplish. And I'm going to continue sort of going down this rabbit hole, pulling on this thread for um, the Black Towns story and seeing if I can dig a little deeper. Um, and that's really it, just rest. And I am feeling a lot better, but I still do need naps, <laughs> daily naps. Down to one nap a day for more than one. Uh, but yeah, that's me. So I will hope to talk to you next week, and I hope that you have a wonderful week. For episode show notes and to sign up for the Footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and watch the video episodes on YouTube. You can email me at podcast at lpenelope.com, and I would really appreciate a rating and review to help support the show. My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcast.